Ever think about building your own planter? And just how much power can an electric pickup truck offer? Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. We like talking with Tom Beckman with Indiana Prairie Farmer. He finds fascinating stories in the country that he shares with his online and in-print readers. What he found this time is a father-son team that's decided they want to build their own planter. You heard that right. And we wanted to know more, and Tom gives us the story. But before we get to Tom, I wanted to add some information to something we discussed in last week's podcast. During my technology conversation with Mindy Ward, I mentioned the Rivian electric pickup truck and my desire to get one on a farm for a test drive. I have reached out to the company and I noted that it would be great to see how the truck performed in what we know would be real world conditions. I was told that my chances at the test drive are limited, but I did get some deeper specifications that I wanted to share. The truck has a quad motor drive, which means each wheel has its own motor. The design allows the truck to deliver quick power as needed and independently adjust torque at each wheel for precise traction control in all conditions. The Rivian R1T, which will be available January 2022, claims a 0 to 60 acceleration time of 3 seconds. And depending on the configuration, it will offer up to 11,000 pounds of towing capacity. The company also claims the R1T will offer 300 miles of driving range in temperatures ranging from 130 degrees to minus 25 degrees. And it all will have a starting price of $67,500. One thing to note, the torque on that quad motor uh, system is pretty high. I mean, the truck has 197 horsepower, but the design allows for enhanced torque with more than 10,300 foot-pounds which is about 2,580 foot-pounds per wheel. That's a number you don't see with a big rig, which is one reason we'd like to get some seat time. And now on to planters. Tom Beckman is connected with an Indiana farmer son team who felt it was time to replace their planter, but they wanted a range of features they felt they could only get if they assembled it themselves. Let's hear what Tom learned about his visit with the Nugents of Elnora, Indiana. Tom, good to catch up with you here on Around Farm Progress. All right, Willie, good to talk to you as well. So, so I had reached out for some ideas, and you came up with an interesting one. Um, you've got a couple of farmers or a farmer somewhere in Indiana that's decided to take on planter construction all by himself or on his own. What's all that about? Yeah, well, it's actually a, a father-son team that's building the planter. Uh, they, he had a, uh, a 23-year-old planter that you know done him well, but he wanted to. He took a leap of faith last summer when corn. Prices surely weren't up what they are now, and uh, but he ordered. Uh, they started with a uh, Harvest International barn. They're putting on all the technology that they think for right now will pay for itself, and uh, so they got a bar. I think right before Christmas they got a bar and uh, um, four crates of or four pallets of uh, yeah, four pallets full of boxes on them, and they started from there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just I know what even a little planter upgrade for an existing machine looks like with the boxes that are left after something like that. So they're taking on the whole thing. I, I guess what drove that? I mean, there's so much planter tech out there already. I guess I'll speak for the manufacturers for just a moment. Uh, there's a lot of good planter tech out there already. Why the do-it-yourself approach? Well, what they're I think they wanted to pick and choose on which technologies from different uh, even short-line companies they used on the planter so a lot of it is is precision planning but not all of it uh there's some yetter and some martin in uh so i think they wanted to be able to and they 
they check some other options and uh, to get a straight bar and put on their own units, uh, this was their best option. It, it's not a cheap option. I mean, I, I saw the price tag. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a 16 row. It's expensive planter, but um, they have uh, in their ground, they have some good productive ground and then they have sand hills rise up and we're talking more than just an acre or two. We're talking maybe a third of the field. And uh, so they really wanted to get to the uh, be able to switch hybrids in some of those fields and i think that drove quite a bit of it so uh, to help the, the people listening to this is it a uh, individual hoppers on each row or is there a center fill or what have they decided to do they elected for the individual rows um and i think part of it was to keep the less weight off the center the other part they're gotten liquid they're using liquid fertilizer so they'll still have that in the center they do have a weight transfer system on it that'll yeah. transfer weight out to the wings, but uh, they, there's going to be a uh, it's a, a precision planning unit row unit with a, a traditional looks like a traditional box except when you open it up, it's got a, a two compartments. So one compartment is smaller than the other because you're plant more of a Usually they're going to plant more of an offensive hybrid, so you got more room for it, and then a smaller for the defensive hybrid. And then the the meter at the bottom, it's one meter, and it switches based on the prescription they wrote. Uh, it'll switch as to which hybrid goes down the tube. It's a pretty sophisticated planter. I think they've had a little fun with this. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the dad, uh, he says he's doing it for the son. The son has... Uh, I think pretty good. Uh, it's not didn't have mechanical training, but he has a business degree. But um, and they're actually even more interesting. They're doing it in their neighbor's shop because he had the better shop and they plant for their neighbor and then he sprays for them. So they're building this planter because uh, they're not they don't farm huge acreages to justify it. Um, they use the planter on their neighbor's farm, too. And then he sprays for them. So um, it's kind of a unique situation, but uh, they felt that they could, uh, the dad felt he could justify this knowing his son wants to continue farming. So um, he's making a, uh, he he definitely took a leap of faith because they ordered this thing last summer. So. Well, that is cool. I mean, yeah, a leap of faith. He ordered this thing in $3 corn. Go, right, dad. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just but the interesting thing is, and this is uh, part of this, I think some sometimes when you're trying to retrofit an existing planter, you talked about uh, Yetter and Martin and those types of add-ons. They all work. But I think if you're going to start from scratch, I can see uh, how a person might take this on. With regard to the controls, obviously, the, you'll be using a, a 2020 uh, monitor unit from Precision Planting which handles right. all the programming for that. Um, they can add the insecticide stuff later if they want. It sounds like they've got this all set up. You said it's a straight bar, so it doesn't fold, or does it trail differently? No, it does fold. Okay. Uh, it's a bar. I just started with a bar is what yeah. I meant by straight bar, but yeah. it does fold. I think it's six in the middle and, yeah, five on both okay. wings. That makes sense. And they've got this uh, weight transfer system. It also even has a... Uh, an alternator, which other people are doing, but they've got an alternator on the planter bar because there's so much electronics yep. uh, to take. And they actually had to get a different tractor. They 
had to trade up or whatever, but they're going to put a different tractor on it to have enough on hydraulic capacity. And because they'd been running, I think it was a 12 row planter, but and then this one, uh, but the alternator is to have enough to run all those electric motors on the on the uh, units. So because it has it set up for high speed too, it has the uh, precision planting speed tubes. <laughs> and so they've the only thing they asked me when I got done and uh, or when we got done the interview, and I was just honest with them said, hey, the only thing you might want to do later, and, and I'm seeing it. Some guy I'm seeing possibly maybe someday you might want to switch narrow, you know, narrow rows. And they said, well, they thought of that and they can, you know, they could readjust this bar yeah. to go to narrow rows someday. But for right now, this is what they're after. And it is 30 inch rows. <laughs> it's interesting. It's really cool. It sounds like a really cool setup. And they've added all the what I call the grins and giggles for a planter that you'd want. Um, the uh, adding on the alternator that probably went to a 48 volt system or something like that. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I yeah. can't recall offhand, Willie, but it was may even be a little bigger than that. Yeah, but I can't remember surprised. without looking. But yeah, that's why they did that. And uh, yeah, they pretty much <laughs> it's got just about everything you'd want to be able to do. And then the secret is um, the sun's pretty sharp on the computer, and so um they sat down with their if i remember right they used two different seed companies and then the neighbor uses a different third a totally different seed company and he'd already sat down with his representative and spent half a day mapping out okay which hybrids do we want where and at what rate and they he said they've got he's got like one field where they won't have to change hybrids but some of them they definitely that when they have that sand down in uh, that part of the world uh, and you're pumping a hot hybrid with high pop, you can actually knock the yield down quite a bit. So that's what they're trying to do. But uh, the prescription is a big deal. And this first year, they're basing it largely off of yield maps. They've kept good records. And so it's management zones. And that's how they're uh, but he's already writing the prescriptions that will tell it what to do. Well, it makes perfect sense, and it, and I think we're going to see more people looking at dual hybrids at least, so that I don't have to keep changing out when I'm in a field. If I can if I can map it, map those zones by soil type and yield, it makes perfect sense from that standpoint. You know, you mentioned the alternator. I know that some companies are putting on PTO operated power beyond systems, so that even a uh, a tractor with only a couple of remotes can run some of these newer planters. I mean, you know, that's what I know Kinsey did. So it's interesting to see that they thought about that and put the alternator on, which right. allows them to get, because these, we're putting a lot of electric load on a, on a tractor now. And so we you're going to see more of that. Oh, I think it's been 10 years ago. I was at, out at a field watching a guy plant and uh, actually the repair guy had to come out while I was there and the problem was the alternator on the tractor. And this was, like I said, 10 years ago before yeah. we have as much electric stuff as we do now. So uh, anyway, they, that this idea wasn't original with them. There's other people that's done it, but that's what they decided to do up front. So uh, to avoid issues down the road. 
a smart move. I mean, first of all, electric implements or added electricity from these current electric meter planters, but there's growing interest in electric implements that don't have hydraulics that can run small motors on the thing, but you need power to them. They're a big deal in Europe because they're less fans of hydraulic fluid in Europe. If there's a break, they don't want that stuff in the soil. Um, I know Deere won an award at Agritechnica. Maybe maybe it had been in in 2019, but I know it was recently where they have a unit that sits on the front of a tractor and it it provides electric power to um, uh, some um, a big deal there is custom pull, uh, custom machines and custom manure tanks. And they're big and they have uh, electric uh, actual um, systems to help get the tractor up the hill a little more with the same horse. So a smaller horsepower tractor can use this electric power from the tractor to power a motor in the back on the, the tank to help the thing go up the hill better. I mean, wow. that, that yeah. kind of stuff. I've yeah. seen electric implements. I've seen electric hay rakes powered by electricity. Huh. Um, so I think you, I, I think the starting is just the planter, but it'll be interesting to see where the electric implement goes. And it's something to you and I could talk about someday when I can pull together more information. It's still a growing thing. Before, when I started working in farm industry news again a few years ago, we had a long conversation on staff about that as a trend. And I, I think we may see that in the future, but it'd be, it'll be a while here. But I think Europe's looking at it more and more. But yeah, the big deal is if you have all those electric meters, they do take power. What's your and you have to know what your hydraulic your hydraulic and your electric power is on anything you operate anymore anyway. So yeah, it makes sense. Right, right. And the hydraulic I think was the main one one of the main reasons for switching tractors. Uh, and I've run across other cases with other farmers that I've dealt with in the last five six years. And when they go to a bigger planter or planter with more technology on it, um, one thing they don't even the dealer. I think that that's probably changing, but at the time, even the dealers didn't think about was, uh, hey, this is going to need more hydraulics. And they get out in the field and all of a sudden their plant tractor they've always used, the thing isn't working like it should. So, yeah, this this is a this is something that more people are thinking happen to think about. Well, the other thing is when you talk about high speed planting, you have to have a bigger tractor to go high speed. Right. You you got to have more than 350 horsepower to go eight to 10 miles an hour on some of these planters. And if your tractor is a 250 or a 300, it's time to move up. And in some cases, there's talk that, you know, certain planters in certain conditions need up to 500 horsepower. It's it's uh, it's a game of numbers. That's for sure. That's interesting. So I have a question for you. Are you going to go back out and watch them plant? Yes, that's the plan. Uh, <laughs> I told him <laughs> even if it was the last day, because I just kind of believe it's going to take a while to get everything ironed out, but uh, they're pretty confident that they can, and, and I'm sure they will pull it off, but yeah. I certainly want to go see it work and follow it through the year and, and see what they think after. Uh, they're excited to see what, you know, and they realize that May, the first year, if they can just get the thing to work and break even, but they're really hoping if, uh, by the second year to start seeing some real yield advantage for, being able to do what they can do with this planter versus what they could do before. That sounds good. And I think all your readers will be interested to hear later this summer how uh, spring planting went with this uh, do-it-yourself planter rig that these guys have come up with. Good for them. Uh, good for you to find it and talk to them about it. And we're looking forward to reading more about it. Good to talk to you, Tom Beckman, about uh, interesting moves in the countryside when it comes to equipment. Hope you take care and stay safe. Thank you, Willie. You do the same. As Tom notes, the move to a do-it-yourself planter doesn't always mean saving money. 
It appears the Nugents are not cutting any corners on their new rig, and it will be interesting to hear how it performs this spring. And we'll check back with Tom after planting season to find out. Thanks again to Tom Beckman with Indiana Prairie Farmer. You've been listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly look at agriculture across the United States with editors from the Farm Progress team and experts in our industry. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer and Feedstuffs and the new Farm Progress virtual experience. You still have time to check out the virtual experience. Just visit farmprogressshow.com for a direct connection to the virtual event. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.